0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, the Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kathy Kay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, April 7th, 2016, and we are reading from the big book. And we are on page 51, beginning the first full paragraph. Today's readers are Lydia S. on the 12th Steps, Charlie G. on the 12th Traditions, and reading the text are Sally A., Dionne R., and Anita J. The reference number for yesterday, April 6, 2016, is 8633. OA Preamble. is Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, Add a Vision For You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Lydia S. to read the 12 steps of OA. Good
1: morning, Kathy. It's Lydia S. in Fort Worth, Texas, Compulsive Eater in Recovery, the 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood God. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrong. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood God, praying only for knowledge of God's will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. The pleasure to do service. Thank you. Thank
0: you, Lydia S. I will now ask Charlie G. to read the 12 Traditions of OA.
2: Good morning, Kathy. Thank you so much for your service. Good morning, friends. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater named Charlie G. from Alberta, Canada. The 12 Traditions of OA. 1. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. 2. For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants; they do not govern. 3. The only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. 4. Each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. 5. Each group has but one primary purpose: to carry its message to compulsive overeaters who sorry, to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. 6. television, and other public media or communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Charlie G. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share in what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic of literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. Muted except the speakers. Today we will resume our study of the big book on page 51, the first full paragraph. And I will ask Sally A to get us started.
3: Good morning, Kathy, again, and good morning, Edition. For you, it's Sally A in South Jersey, a recovered compulsive overeater. This world of ours has made more material progress in the last century than in all the millenniums which went before. Almost everyone knows the reason. Students of ancient history tell us that the intellect of men in those days was equal to the best of today, yet in ancient times, material progress was painfully slow. The spirit of modern scientific inquiry, research, and invention was almost unknown. In the realm of the material, men's minds were fettered by superstition, tradition, and all sorts of fixed ideas. Some of the contemporaries of Columbus thought around Earth preposterous, others came near putting Galileo to death for his astronomical heresies. So here we, again today, we are in the chapter, We Agnostics, We Who Don't Know. And we're talking again about our reasoning, our best thinking. And remember that our best thinking, if your thinking was anything like mine, my best thing got me into quite a mess. In fact, it got me into a pickled mind. And so my reasoning is what's being looked at here. And the fact that I leaned on my reasoning, I leaned on my intellect, I leaned on my best thinking to get me out of the problem, the problem at hand, the problem that I thought was a real problem, the food, and what was happening to my body as a result of the food, but the real problem was that I was turning and trusting in the food to rescue me regularly. And so here we see this sentence that really speaks to my mind, as most powerful here. Men's minds were fettered, fettered, shackled. Literally, they had chains. They were fettered by superstition, tradition, and all sorts of fixed ideas. So once again, they're talking to us against prejudice and bias, and in some ways, irrational thinking. It reminds me, again, of page 46 in the middle of the page, where it says, we found that as soon as we were able to lay aside prejudice and express even a willingness to believe in a power greater than ourselves, we commenced to get results, even though it was impossible for any of us to fully define or comprehend that power, which is God." So. Let's, let's take a look at this. It says some of the contemporaries of Columbus, they're talking about how, how they treated Columbus. They thought a round earth was preposterous, but now we know that it's not true, that it is, it is a round earth. Others came near putting Galileo to death for his astronomical helices. Did you know that Galileo died under house arrest in 1642 for believing that the earth rotated around the sun, which is exactly what is true. And so as I read these sentences, I'm reminded, and I'm asking myself the question, what do I believe? That is the question. You know, someone very wise once said that AA doesn't try to prove the existence of God, just the need for God. And so I, I leave myself today with this question, because this really is the question that's being asked of us and asked of me on a daily basis. What do I put my trust in? In the past, I put my trust in the refrigerator and food. That's what got me through no matter what my emotional state was. And now, as I have laid aside unhealthy, unreasonable, and disorganized eating, I am now on a daily basis confronted with this mindfulness, this God-consciousness, and a choice, a decision, and a chance to turn instead to my higher power. Thanks for letting me share with that pass.
0: Thank you, Sally. Okay, who would like to share on what was just read?
4: This is Bella. Can I share?
0: Okay, Bella A. Who else? Bella G. I'm sorry. Who else?
4: Julia.
5: us.
0: I'm sorry, I didn't get your name. Julia. Julia S. Anybody F. else? Anyone else? Okay, we'll start with those two. Go ahead, Bella.
4: Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Katie, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line men's minds were fed by superstition, tradition, and all sorts of fixed ideas. yes, my mind you know before program my mind was directed by my by my beliefs, and my beliefs were so wrong and so not healthy and so. You know my beliefs were that, yes, I have the control and the power to direct my life, and yes, I can control my overeating, you know, and yes, I did believe in the higher power that I called him God, but god has you know he is busy he is he he has the power for the whole entire world. <clears throat> You know he he doesn't have the power for my for my overeating, and yes, my power was the food you know I was angry, upset, disappointed uh, jealous at the whole entire world, including myself, so my power was by the food the food was my best friend, and this is what I believe that you know as soon as I will have um I will I will want truly to lose weight. I will lose weight. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that I am not there anymore. And today, by leaving the steps, I am connected to a higher power. And yes, today I know that I am powerless. I am powerless not as a punishment. I am powerless because this is the way that God created me and created me. All human being, and today I am connected. Thank you, God, to a loving and accepting power. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Bella G, and Julie S. Go ahead, please.
6: This is Julie S. from Indiana. I'm a grateful, recovering, compulsive overeater. Um, I'm just listening to that part where it says that our minds were freddered. And I know for me, I came in um, a slow learning know-it-all and I felt like I knew everything about religion and God and I couldn't be taught. One of the things that's been said here before and really resonates with me is the aside prayer. And I continue to pray that so my mind is not freddered and that I can continue to have growth and not, and not have that growth retarded by my own um, concepts, my own self-will. And thank you for letting me share, and with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Yes, I'm going to take a minute now just to remind everyone to stay muted. There's a lot of static on the line, so we should check if you're muted. Okay, who else would like to share on this paragraph? Kim G. Kim G Melissa Anyone? C. Melissa C.
7: Somebody's
0: pounding. Can you please mute yourself? Thank you.
7: I'm gonna mute the line, Kathy.
0: Okay. Okay, uh, we have Kim G. and Melissa C. Is there anyone else who would like to share?
8: Okay. Are you ready,
0: Kathy? Or
9: yeah, go ahead, Kim. Go ahead. Okay. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. In the realm of the material, the men's men are fettered by superstition, tradition, and all sorts of fixed ideas. You know, and I love that word fettered. And when someone told me the origin of that, it it means a chain or a shackle around your feet. It's something that confines you. You know, I think of that movie, The Green Mile, when the guy is going down death row and he's got his hands and his legs shackled and it's limiting his movement. So I have to ask myself, what are those things that are fettering me? What are those fixed ideas? And this chapter is really talking about these fixed ideas about about God and spirituality and and all that stuff. But I want to talk about things that fettered me in the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous, someone who was around for 17 years trying to live off the fellowship. What are some of those ideas? What are some of those sayings, actually, I heard in the rooms which fettered me? So I'm just going to list some of them. You know, people saying, what is your drug of choice? And the fact is our book tells us, specifically on 24, that we do not have a choice. That that, that that I am beyond human aid. A common saying in my area is, you know, with alcohol, you just have to put the alcohol down. So with food, we have to, you know, pick up the food three times a day. I have to let the tiger out of the cage three times a day. Well, the reality is I am no different than an alcoholic. An alcoholic drinks, they do not drink alcohol. I eat, I do not eat my binge food, and I am not tortured by my binge foods because I've had a spiritual awakening. I thought I was always recovering, that I couldn't be recovered, that I was always going to be sick and suffering. And this book tells me from the cover page that I can be recovered from this seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. I was told, take what you want and leave the rest. So what I would do is I would treat the steps like a game of twister, right hand red, left foot blue, and I would decide what I wanted to do, when I wanted to do it, and the way I wanted to do it. I was told that abstinence makes me feel better. And I have to tell you, that is true, because abstinence made me feel anger better, it made me feel depression better, and it made me feel anxiety better. I was told that meeting makers make it. Well, my observation and my experience is meeting uh, meeting makers make a lot of meetings, but that doesn't mean you're going to get recovered. So a big part for me in this chapter is I had to face and I had to look at those things in the fellowship that I was being told And see what is my experience with that? What is the experience I see of people that are telling me that? Are people who are telling me that happy, joyous, and free, or are they people that are going in and out of the food? Because my experience is when I live by those sayings, I would pick up over and over and over. So I think a good question for all of us today is what are we being fettered by? What are those fixed ideas that are stopping us from doing this work today? And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Kim G. And
10: Melissa C, please go ahead. Hi, good morning, Kathy. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C, recovered compulsive over eater in New York. And um yeah, I'm just thinking about that being fettered, being chained, enslaved in bondage and that just really says it all, you know. Um and, you know, for me it's the the danger of thinking I know everything, you know, relying on my um human my human power, my human thought. And, you know, that's something that um had really had me enslaved because I felt like I was pretty intelligent, you know, and it says clearly here that men of that time, they weren't any less, you know, in- intellectually capable. They they had the same level of intellect, but, but I was, um, as smart as I was, I was enslaved by... By how smart I thought I was, you know, and it just makes me think you know as a teacher, um, one of the most difficult students um, and professionals to to have to to have to kind of deal with and
5: and
8: work
10: with and help educate are people that believe that they know everything. Um, and and that's where I was, you know, the belief that I knew everything, that there was nothing uh, else that I needed to know. I knew every diet. I knew um, every good nutritional plan, um, and yet it didn't give me the ability to, to follow it and live it, and, you know, and so my closed mind when it came to a higher power was exactly what I had to um, get uncentered. you know, I had to have those shackles removed, and, and then it's every day I have an opportunity to practice that, because whenever I think I know best, you know, the universe teaches me something entirely different, and so the most important thing I can get from this, from my recovery, and, um, is to just have that open mind, I don't know everything, and thank you, with that, I'll pass. Thank
0: you, Melissa C., who else would like to share on this paragraph? Maureen M. I'm sorry, who is that?
11: Maureen M.
0: Maureen M. Great. Who else?
11: Christy, Christy. M. Christy. Sarah
0: W. Uh, okay, did I hear Christy?
11: Yes, Christy M, please.
0: Okay, Christy M. And Sarah W., and I think there was someone else. Janicee. Uh... I'm sorry, then would the last name be? Who is that? Tracy T. Oh, Tracy T and there was one more. Janice B. Janice B. Okay, great. All right, Maureen M, please go ahead.
11: Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, visionaries. My name's Maureen. I'm a compulsive overeater. And um two words popped out of this paragraph for me. Um fettered and fixed, Uh, my mind is fettered constantly. Uh, I am bombarded constantly by this material world and the intrusions are endless. And I do have fixed ideas because I am a fearful person. I want to control the uncontrollable. And it sounds to me like even back then they wanted to do the same thing. They just were not honest, open, and willing to anything that looked different from what was happening in front of them. And usually it took a lot of pain and ugliness for the change to occur. So I think I'm really grateful today because I am challenging my fettered mind and fixed ideas on a a daily basis. I don't know. I love living in the I don't know, but I need a fate that works. Otherwise, I'm in big trouble. I need a higher power who could restore me to sanity. Not my own thinking and not my own fixed ideas. Those things never worked for me. I was miserable. Near death. Thanks for letting me share.
0: Thank you, Maureen. Um, and Chrissy, um, please go ahead.
11: Yes. Hi. Thank you so much. It's Chrissy. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and anorexic from New Jersey. And I this just listening this morning is helping me so much because it's you know to me it's the the working of this program. It's the difference between living on self will and really relying and trusting upon God to make my decisions on a daily basis. And it's beyond knowing. It's when I'm in in my head and in my thought and figuring things out and trying to force solutions. I I cause so much confusion and it says that in in the book, in sixty two that little section there sixty whatever part that is about the actor and the director and trying to arrange everything. When I'm in that, I'm I'm so blocked from the grace of God and and direction. And the first experience I had of that was the complete surrender when I came into um, my my recovery. My, my recovery happened a year and a half ago in OA with a group of people who were being sponsored together. And we went through the first 164 pages together. And I was trained. It was such a good training ground for me because I learned there with the food first that I it's none of my business. I was told to get a nutritionist and it was none of my business that she would, you know, I'd have some input, but that I would just be obedient for the first time in my life and just follow what someone else had to say and to to trust in that that was divine direction. And I, I make a decision to trust when I speak to my sponsor. It's divine direction. This is a decision that I made. It's my third-step decision, that it's beyond my thought, beyond what makes sense to me, beyond my my good idea. And, and it works. It's been working for me, and I'm so grateful for it. And I plan on continuing to live the way this program is teaching me to live. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Chrissy. Um, and Sarah W., please go ahead. Good morning, Kathy Kay. It's so good to hear
12: you on the line. My name is Sarah W. I'm a very grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater. I like the idea of what it says. In the realm of the material men's minds were fettered by superstition, tradition, and all sorts of fixed ideas. Um, For me, I think of the idea of...
0: um, Sarah, one minute. I'd like to ask everybody to please mute star one except for Sarah. Thank
12: you. Go ahead, Sarah. Well, it goes back to being defiant and thinking, you know, I know what's right for me or anybody else. Um, I think, um, you know, it sounds like a little spoiled child that's about 2 or 15 that's saying, you know, this it's only this way, and that's the only way it can be. That defiance, um, you know, and I think of if I'm defiant, how could I be God-reliant? And um, you know, it talks about in the book, we let God um I'm losing my train of thought, but we let God um discipline us. And um and I don't think that discipline comes in in a, in a harsh negative way. And I guess, you know, coming from where I came from in my history with religion and with what I learned as a child belief systems and my value systems, those fettered me, those fettered me and, and made it to where I always felt like I had to fight it, fight everything, you know, because I never had a voice. And today, what I can say is that I can have a voice and it can be different from yours and two opinions can live in the same room at the same time without beating each other up, yours and mine. And um, the other thing I wanted to say is it's really all about humility. It's about being able to listen, being able to be respectful of other people and where they're at, and not think that mine is the only way. And that is maturity. And with that I can thank you,
0: Sarah W. Um Tracy T.
13: Yeah, hello. this is Tracy T, recovering composable eater from New York. Um it's been um, a journey, uh, learning and getting to know this higher power on a completely different realm. I, too, also uh, initially uh, developed an understanding. I'm not going to say a relationship, an understanding with a higher power and as a small child engaged in um, simple prayers of, of saying thank you and please. And as an adult, finding myself addicted um and behaving in a very sick way in regards to food and and my behaviors and my mind taking over, obsessive thinking, obsessive worrying, and pain that was paralyzing, and finding myself learning about the steps and working with different sponsors. Um, just learning about this type of surrenderance to a higher power and living on this, this realm, it somehow interrupts... Um, <laughs> my sad pain and almost makes life sometimes magical uh, in a a strange way. And I think about the cartoon of Dumbo when he doesn't believe he can fly. And I I think it was the birds that gave him a feather and told him if he just held on to the feather, he could fly. And he would fly in the cartoon. And one day the, the feather dropped and he got so scared. And yet he found out he really could fly. He didn't eat the feather. And it's like, in the big book, act as if, go through the pro- process, surrender it all. And just that that effort to believe that there's a higher power, just that effort to believe is like me holding that feather. And miraculous things happen all the time, and yet I still doubt. You know, it's an up and down battle. But um, one day at a time, progress, not perfection. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Tracy T. And Janice B., you'll be our last chair before we move on.
14: Okay, thank you, Kathy. This is Janice B. We covered compulsive overeating in Vermont. Oh, this morning I was driving to to work, and listening to this spiritual music, and I started crying, and um, and you know it wasn't it wasn't you know what I'm relating to is this fixed idea this fixed ideas. I'm always thinking. I'm trying to figure things out. I'm trying to know and I use my reason to to um and in my intellect to um figure things out. But listening to that music this morning I wasn't figuring anything out. I was just feeling it, and it it occurred to me that um, that's the God deep down inside me that's that is that is not knowing i I have no idea of what what that is but but it's there, and um I was so grateful for that experience um, because I think I don't get it. You know, I think that that I uh, that I don't have it, but but I do. And you know, when I think back, music always does that for me. If I'm in church and listening to the music, the tears come to my eyes, and. Um, I love that. It's not a sadness. It, it's something else. And um, and I'm very grateful for it. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Dion R. Um, oh, I'm sorry. No, that was Janice B. I'm sorry, Janice. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Dion, would you read the next paragraph, please?
15: Yes. Hi. Good morning. Can you hear me? I can. Okay. Yes. Good morning, Kathy. Hi. My name is Dion R. from Ohio. We ask ourselves this. Are not some of us just as biased and unreasonable about the realm of the spirit as were the anxious about the realm of the material? Even in the present century, American newspapers were were afraid to present were afraid to print an account of the Wright brothers' first successful flight at Kitty Hawk. Had not all our efforts at flight failed before? Did not Professor Langley's flying machine go to the bottom of the Potomac River? Was it not true that the that the best mathematical minds had proved man could never fly? Had not people said God had reserved this privilege to the birds? Only thirty years later the conquest of the air was almost an old story, and the airplane travel was in full swing. And uh, this reminds me of, um, you know, how I was when I came in the program with the closed mind. I had a closed mind. I heard someone mention earlier about an open mind. After uh, I came with all my uh, fixed ideas and heresies, and uh, and and I felt like if I couldn't think it, <laughs> if I didn't. It didn't make sense to me then it couldn't happen and therefore I had a closed mind and say stuck for many years and um, when I began to open my mind after the pain of food and disease beat me to a pulp I decided to say hey okay maybe I just don't have all the answers. Um, I used to hear it all the time um, take it till you make it and I did. I remember having to pray as as if it was already happening I, that's when I surrendered after working the steps and was like, okay, maybe there, and I didn't, the God of my understanding was a God that was a punishing God uh, until I worked with my sponsor. And, and I remember she said, I oh, don't know the God I, I serve, you know, or the per the, my higher power is not a power of pain and suffering and all those things I thought it was because I had my preconceived notions being raised in the church, that so therefore, I know all about God. Thank you very much. You don't need to tell me anything. And it kept me closed and sick for years. So, when I began to open my mind after reading uh, cont- um, the spiritual experience in many years, over and over and over, it finally came into me that, you know, contempt, I was being contemptive, And I was not, before I even investigated, or allowed my higher power to show me the answer. Um, so, yes, true. I thought I had a pretty decent mind and uh but with food and disease uh in control of that mind I don't have anything I was lost I I was very lost it was like I had to learn how to think all over again and not think my way but my higher power's way um uh, and for me uh it has opened up doors that I can't even imagine I came here for one thing and got so many uh other uh, things and blessings and and in uh, with it and I uh, today I apply the steps to everything uh, I go to my higher power for everything um, and to me um, what he want me to handle he gets back to me the problem stays there or the situation is still alive and clicking but if it's something I can't do which is a lot of things I will turn it over to him and I do it to, because that's the next right thing I know to do So yeah, having an open mind and being willing to do the next right thing, even taking a chance on reading and sharing after many years of uh, listening and being in the program and, you know, even, uh, you know, anyway, just being able to speak up and say, hey, yes, God is real. Oh, my higher power is real. The program is real. To me, the program, OA, the 12-step, was my uh, realm uh, to get me closer to the God of my understanding Therefore, I'm more willing to be of service and do whatever it takes to keep whatever I think I got. <laughs> and with that, I'll pass. Thanks for allowing me to share.
0: Thank you, Dion R. who would like to share on this paragraph?
15: Carolyn Leia. S.H.? Leah
7: M.?
0: Okay, Carolyn S.H. and Leah M. and who else?
11: Vivian M.
0: Vivian M.? Anyone else? Amy H. Amy H. Anyone Renata. Else? Renata. OK, let's start with those. So we have Carolyn S.H., Leia M., Vivian M., Amy H., and Renata G. Please go ahead,
16: Carolyn S.H. Thank you, Kathy K. Good morning, uh, Carolyn S.H., Uh grateful, recovered, compulsive eater in Massachusetts. Um, And the first paragraph we read and this one are ones that I don't um, hold in my consciousness as much as uh, other paragraphs in this book. And it's so interesting, and I'm so enjoying this study um, because I'm seeing kind of afresh what Bill is doing here. He's, uh, a few paragraphs ago, he basically described this wonderful change from um, our total destruction and um, how self-reliance doesn't work and how uh, the first alcoholic learned how to really rely on the presence of God, the consciousness of the presence of God. Now he's going back to the material world and he's building up an argument in a few paragraphs. He's going to show us the problems, uh, he's going to talk about the bedevilments. The, the on page 52 but in the meantime what he's doing is is showing how our minds don't automatically like we close our minds shut um against possibilities uh and i it's just i i can just name so many things that i think things as they are are as they are and i don't have an imagination about how they can be different um like I, I'm talking about airplanes here, and for me... Um, Carolyn, can you please
0: yeah. uh, wait one minute, please? Sure. Uh, there's a lot of noise on the line. Someone seems to be chopping in the kitchen. Could everyone please make sure you're muted by pressing star one? Thank you. Oh, okay. Uh, is going to clear the line, and then Carolyn, please come back in, okay?
14: Yep.
0: Okay, thanks. Can you hear me? Uh Uh-oh.
7: Yes, go ahead.
0: Go ahead, Carolyn. Carolyn, are you back?
16: I think so. Can you hear me?
0: Yeah. Go ahead. Thanks.
16: Okay, I won't take much longer. I just want to say um, uh, lately I've been having uh, computer problems, and it's so fascinating to me that they're all of my own making because I have shut my mind against, I think things should be a certain way, and then it's presented to me, like, you know, with electronics and the digital world, things are moving very quickly, um, and technology is advancing, and I need just to open my mind, and uh, in a few paragraphs, Bill's going to show us why we need just to open our minds to the possibility that things are not as we might think. Um and I had another piece I was going to mention, but I can't remember, so that's that's fine for me today. With that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Carolyn S.H. Leah M., please go ahead.
7: Thanks so much. I enjoy this paragraph because it always reminds me of of my, uh, you know, closed mind in, in a variety of areas. I mean, what Chapter 4? You know is doing right now is presenting bill is presenting three arguments powerful arguments on why we should be willing to find a higher power. the first argument you know, that we studied the other day was that a theory should be embraced if the facts prove that it's working, you know, that it's it's worth looking at. And that was true. You know, people are recovering. <laughs> people are recovered. The problem's been solved because of this uh, higher power in their lives. <laughs> Perhaps you want to give it a try. Uh, this argument is based on, you know, creativity and inventions and all the good things that we enjoy in life come from a willingness to try something different and see if it works. You know, what do you got to lose? And the willingness to change one's beliefs leads to being able to do things that were once thought impossible. If you're willing to try something different, perhaps it will work. So, essentially, uh, the writers of the big book are saying to the agnostic, you know what, (laughs) you... Your life is deteriorating faster than you can lower your standards due to alcoholism. Why don't you try this out? Because it has worked for hundreds of other people. Try it. It can't hurt. You're not going to up, end up in worse condition because you believe in a higher power. Uh, and they give this example, you know, of the Wright brothers uh In the late 1800s, you know, there were physicists. There was a symposium that proved that uh, you can't create a flying machine of its own power that's going to fly. Well, if the Wright brothers really had believed that, they would never have been able to develop the airplane. And the big book is pointing out here that the Wright brothers' willingness to believe something different allowed them to begin from an idea that maybe, maybe it's possible that something heavier than air can fly on its own power, and why don't we try creating that? And rather than saying, nah, it can't be done because it's proven it can't be done, and it doesn't make any logical sense it can't be done, they were willing to change their belief system, and of course that change in belief system led to action, and of course those actions led to something uh, that is utilized today all the time, of course, and it's the same thing with our minds, you know, and I have to laugh at myself, <laughs> you know, when I was in college and a few of my friends were signing up, the states me, obviously, you know, for computer science, eh, yeah, why are you doing that, you know, that's not going to amount to anything, or when people were talking about cell phones, you'd be able to talk anywhere, location, you know, any location you're in, I said, that's never going to happen, you know, and I have to laugh at that, that's closed minded thinking, and it was being open to change uh, that allowed my life to be saved and to be recovered. Thank you. I pass.
0: Thank you, Leah. And um, Vivian M., please go ahead. Hello? Can you hear yeah. me?
17: Yes, Hi, I- this is Vivian Thank you. Thank you so much. This is Vivian M. I'm the Code in Vermont. And uh what this brings up for me is actually repetition uh in this book of of saying how things that we didn't think could actually happen or things that couldn't be invented or things that couldn't be created were actually being done. Even though, though people were saying this would this isn't gonna work. And when I first read this, and I've read this so many times and just never understood, why are they putting this stuff, stuff like this in this book? What does that have to do with me eating? What does it have to do with that? In fact, what it did for me is actually the opposite of what I realize it is doing for me today. I was thinking that all of these people are so highly intelligent. They know so much more. How is this possibly going to help me? How can I ask them about stopping my addiction to free me from this bondage, from this this fear and this, this, this hell that I was living in all the time because they're not talking about my food and I couldn't understand it. I couldn't understand it because I was too close-minded to it. I was too close-minded to the, to the theory or to the, the prospect or the, even one little shred of light that could come in my mind to tell me that maybe I can use this as an example to show me that there's something else that I don't have to see or feel or touch to know that I can be relieved of this disease that I have. And I, I see it over and over again it, in the doctor's opinion where, where people who are so highly educated, which always used to really intimidate me um, because I never thought I knew as much. Well, this is, this problem isn't about what I know or who knows what or what we do for a living or where we live or what kind of college are. This is about we're all here together Finding an answer, trying to find this road and this path and this answer to relieve me of the hell that I have been living in all these years. And finally, finally, through working this book as a text, not as recreational reading, I am coming to believe and I have come to believe that I can get relief and I can be recovered from this illness that I have and I had to read this over and over again. I had to read all the examples that are repeated in different ways. I hear this book saying the same thing over and over again, but with different verbs, different words. And finally, right. yeah, this is the same message. So I'm so grateful to hear this. And uh, and it works. It just works for me. And it's it, and it's such a gift. And after all these years, I thought I was one of those who was constantly incapable. And today I know that my higher power is saying, no, you're not. I'm here for you. And so is, it, and so is this fellowship. So, um, with that I guess. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Vivian M and Amy H. Please go ahead.
8: Thanks a lot, Amy H. in Ohio recovered. Um I love this. It it's so um it's so simple and it reveals to me how stubborn I can be in the realm of the spirit and how that's uh that's sort of the mindset that that Certainly, a lot of my colleagues have. I work in the media, and and a lot of my colleagues are very skeptical about spiritual things. If they can't see it or taste it or prove it, then it, it's it's really in in the realm of woo woo. And um, and as Leah pointed out, and as Bill is pointing out, there's a lot of ideas like the internet or like lunar flight. That exists in the realm of woo-woo, but we're much more prone to believe that that's going to happen than we are that a power greater than ourselves is going to relieve us of our compulsive overeating and solve all our problems. I hear a lot on this line how difficult step one is, how tough it is to put the food down and people exhorting one another to put the food down. Frankly, if I could put the food down, I wouldn't need Overeaters Anonymous. My problem isn't step one. Step one for me was easy. My experience was that it was easy. It's step zero that's hard. Um, And in all of the examples that they've been giving in the big book so far, the example of Fred, the man in the bed, who was, um, he knew he was beat. He knew he was licked. He knew he couldn't continue drinking. But the, he had difficulty swallowing the program of action, which required him to set aside lifelong conceptions about who he was, his agency in the world, his ability to solve his own problems, and who God was in his life. That was the stuff that he had difficulty with. He was beaten down and done with drinking, but he wasn't done with running the show and running his own life. And that's the struggle. That's the struggle. That's where I find the struggle is. My experience is at the moment that I accepted that I was powerless over food, uh, I I knew I was beat with food, and I knew I had to stop eating uh, certain food behaviors and eating flour and sugar and my addictive substances. But what I couldn't believe was that a God was going to help me do that. And once I was willing to believe that concept and I let go of running the show and trying to do it myself, that was when... The desire to compulsively overeat was lifted. The desire to drink was lifted. It was gone. It was removed. So um, I'm I'm grateful for this meeting. I'm grateful for this message. I pass.
5: Thank
0: you very much, Amy H. And Renata G., please go ahead.
18: Good morning, Kathy. Thank you for your service. Good morning, family. This is Renata G., Recovered compulsive Overeat in New York. Um. I want to bring this to my own experience and says, you know, had not all efforts of flight failed before? You know, had not all attempts, all efforts into controlling my disease failed before? And the answer was yes. And, uh, you know, I, the common thing in between my efforts into controlling my disease that failed were that I was still sticking to the idea that somehow, someday, I would be able to control and enjoy my food. I would be able to to control my life, to control others, and I kept trying the same things over and over and over, just different, you know, scheme names and superficial, um, not lasting uh, remedies for my for my disease, and so I kept getting the same results. You know, it says here we asked ourselves this: Are we not some of us just as, and unreasonable about the realm of the spirit as we, as were the ancient ancients about the realm of the material? And I was definitely you know close minded when it came to the the clear directions in this big book. You know, I did not want to put all of my binge foods down. You know, I want to hang on to some of them. You know, some of them were not that bad. And I definitely didn't want to work this 12 steps, you know, uh, because those ideas didn't come from me. That's not at all what I wanted to do. And so, you know, surrendering to the idea of what had worked for other people, um, you know, was really something different, something that I had never tried before, and that's what worked. You know, the big book talks about how we are intelligent people, and I was just using my intelligence in the wrong way because I kept using my intelligence to try to control something that I have no power to control. And so when I used my intelligence to say, okay, you know, they're telling me I need to admit that I'm powerless and follow this direction. So maybe if I do that, that will work. So when I did that, it did work. You know, and like I've shared before, you know, the higher power I had was not working. So I just had to be open to this process and follow the directions and not really worry about definitions or any of that. By needing a power, by seeking that power with the work of the steps, that higher power disclosed himself to me, continues to disclose himself to me, day by day. With that, I pass. Thanks.
10: Thank you,
0: Renata G. Okay. Um, thank you to everyone. It's time to close our meeting now. Uh, but please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Anita J., would you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggested only.
5: Thank you very much, Kathy, for the opportunity to do service. This is Anita J., a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little